This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We are so glad you've joined us today, so glad you've tuned in. And uh, again, it's the, the new world we live in. It's absolutely remarkable. We're so thankful for those joining us from so many different countries and provinces and cities. Come on, those in person, can we give a round of applause for all those watching online today? We love you. So glad you've tuned in today. And in person, we're so glad you were here. If you're in the Halifax area, you can join us on Sunday mornings. We have two services, 10 o'clock and 1130. And uh, we have a dream team pulling this whole thing off. You heard about it in our announcements. And there's a lot going on to pull this off. I know a lot of churches wouldn't even try this with their own building. Two services, live streaming, but we have an amazing team. And I'm so thankful for our worship team and our production team that's in the room and ushers, but also our kids team and welcome team and online hosts and camera operators. And there's people mixing things. And, and if you're on the camera now, if you could put a better filter, if you could put a Brad Pitt filter on me, that would help me. That'd be awesome. Or a Tom Cruise one, that'd be awesome. I had his jacket last week. I could use his filter this week. It'd be awesome. Uh, but we're glad you're here today. You glad to be in church today? Hopefully you're glad to watch online today. If you have your Bible, you turn to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. We believe in the Bible here at Nova Church. Uh, this is more than self-help, though we need some help. This is more than, I'm not your spiritual guru. I'm just on a journey trying to figure this out like you are and God speaking to us as a church. This is more than just a, a club or community. We are a church and we believe in the power of God that this word can change your life. This word is the answer to what we're going through and Jesus is connected to us. Luke chapter 11, you're going to see it on the screen behind me or online. Luke chapter 11, I'm going to start reading in verse 11. We've been going through as a church a series called Code Red, which is really just the red letters in scripture that Jesus spoke. There's something about these words. I believe they speak to our purity, our purposes, to our past, our present, and our future. It speaks to our mental health, our physical health, our spiritual health. I believe Jesus is relevant today for our lives, and his word can change us. Can somebody say amen? It's okay to be loud in church. I'm not sure if you knew that or not. It's okay to say amen. That is good. That's the best preaching I've ever heard, whether it is or by faith that it will become good shortly. Uh, it's okay to click amen on screen. You can put thumbs up on Facebook. You can put some heart. I love the heart emojis. But it's okay to be loud in church. Can somebody say amen? amen. All right. Luke chapter 11, verse 11. Here we go. It says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? That took a twist, didn't it? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? To those who ask him. Today, for the next few minutes, as we get ready to launch into our week, I want to make sure you know that. This is not ending the week and just, oh, I made it. I made it to church. Oh, just check that box off. Made it to church. Click that box. Still, still going to heaven, still good. Me and the big guy are still in a good place. I made it, check that box. No, 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 we believe Sundays are not a, a, a landing zone. It's a launch pad. We believe God has an assignment on your life. We believe there's purpose for you. There's a calling for you. There's a reason why you are here. There's a reason why you are watching. And today is gonna launch you into your week so God can use you. If you're taking notes today, write this down somewhere. This title, Snakes and Ladders. Snakes and Ladders, let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for those that are tuning in live and later on in the week. We thank you for those that are here today. God, we're thankful that you're with us today. And we pray that we would be more passionate about you. I thank you for every guest that is watching online that someone shared this. Every guest that showed up in person today. 
God, we pray that they'd have an encounter with your goodness and your love. Father, thank you for your help. We love you so much. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody said, and if Lord, if you could help the Chicago Bears, it would help me today. Amen. Amen. Uh, anybody play board games as a kid? So this is my 1130 crowd. I know it's probably a younger crowd. Board games were these things we used to have as kids um, before we had electronics. Now, I sound old whenever I start talking this way. My son would be like, that's because you is old. But we, I remember life before the internet. I know that's crazy to some of you, but we played a lot of board games as a kid. Board games as a family. And this is what you did for entertainment. We had cable. Anybody remember cable? With three channels. That's what we had. Remember that? You had pliers. You used to turn the channel. Remember Anybody? Where are my people at today? You remember there was hee-haw, there was hockey, and there was news. That's all you had in Canada. Right? And I, I remember, man. And, uh, but we had board games. Remember your favorite board games? Remember those board games? I remember this one board game. I think it's honestly the first time I ever felt anxiety um, it was called Perfection. Anybody remember this board game, Perfection? Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. You need to Google this stuff. It's, it, was this, it was this board, this, this plastic thing, and you would push it down in the box, like a jack-in-the-box, and it had all these shapes. It had like circles and squares and triangles and rhombuses and trapezoids and, and tigers and bears, oh my, and all these shapes. And then you would have to put them in as this countdown slowly ticked until it would pop up and shoot everything everywhere and, and, and make a mess, and it would scare you. And when you pushed it down, it would start going tick, tick, tick. Anybody remember this game? My first panic attack was playing this game, Perfection. Perfection? It was not perfection for me. Remember the game uh, Operation? Come on, come on, remember that game? It, th th this is the reason why I'm not a surgeon today, because there's actually a lot of reasons why I'm not a surgeon. Mostly because of my school marks. But uh, this game, I remember at eight or nine years of age playing this game. It had this, this dead body on, uh, or this, this, not a dead body, a body on an operating table. Think about this. Half naked, already inappropriate for kids. And this person is having surgery, and you are the surgeon at six years of age. And you have these little pliers, these little tweezers, and you're trying to remove things, debris from the body, and put bones in these little holes on the body. And if you touch the side, anybody remember this? If you touch the side of it, it would shock you, and a buzzer would go off. I, I thought I killed the guy every single time. I thought, I hate that game. But my game I hated the most of all the board games we played was Snakes and Ladders. I don't know if you know this game. Some of you know it as the name Shoots and Ladders and the whole premise of the game, if you're not familiar with it, it was it was a board game where you had four or five players, and you'd roll a dice, and you'd move how many places, and you're trying to get to the end of the game at the top of the board. If you landed on a place that had a ladder, it would make you jump ahead of everybody else and move past all these obstacles and all these questions and all these, these things that would slow you down, and it would be like an advancement. If you, on this ladder, you just climb right up to the next level, and you'd get ahead of everybody else. But if you landed on a snake... You would slide all the way back down to the bottom of that snake. It might have took you 45 minutes to get to this level, but if you landed on a snake, you slid all the way down. I hate that game. hate it with a passion for two reasons. Number one is I hate snakes. I hate snakes. It goes, it goes snakes and cats, right? Come on, and snow in that order right there. I, I can't stand snakes. I can't watch them on TV. I honestly can't. I, I, I cringe out. My daughter will always turn it on when I walk into a room. She thinks it's funny. I can't hold, I've never held a snake. I, I, I'm, I just, I don't like snakes. So I don't like this game to begin with. I'm avoiding the snakes. I'm already a little itchy watching this game. Second reason was, is when I was a young person, when I was a kid, I had a speech impediment. Couldn't say my R's really well. And in grade four and five, Miss McKinnon would take me out for resource and for speech 
therapy every Tuesday at my school. And we'd go into this cl- classroom for an hour and we'd practice my R's. R, R, R. It's like a pirate for one hour every Tuesday morning. But one way she would help me is she'd have all these sayings I had to say and roll a dice. But it was, it was snakes and ladders. And I don't forget, if I said a word wrong, I would go down the snake and go backwards. So now I'm fearful of snakes, and now I have a hidden hurt that's now associated with this game because it was really tough. (laughs) I hate this game. It's amazing to me in this passage, when Jesus is talking to us about the Holy Spirit, these words, every word of Jesus is for a reason. He's trying to help us physically, spiritually, emotionally. The words of Jesus are speaking life to us, and there's so much truth in these red letters. It's interesting. He says, I want to give you a gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. And when I hear that, I think of the game Snakes and Ladders. A few truths I want to pull out of this today that I think will help you is is in Luke chapter 11, it reminds us that God has given us a good gift of the Holy Spirit. The first thing you need to know today is that he's God the Father. Now, I said this during transition, but you need to understand this. This book only makes sense through the lens through the filter of a father, not an accountant. If you looked at our lives and, and the journey of mankind and our faith through an accountant, it would not be generous. There would be no grace. It would not make sense. It would be that doesn't add up because God gave everything and we've given him very little and he's bankrupted heaven to set us free. You can't look at this through the eyes of an accountant. You can't look at this through the eyes of a lawyer. A lawyer keeps track of charges and offenses, and there has to be a penalty for every offense. You can't look at it through the eyes of a lawyer. It only makes sense through the eyes of a father. Jesus here is teaching, and he uses an analogy when he's talking with the Holy Spirit, and he says, good fathers, you know good fathers, and you know fathers, when your kids ask for a gift, you give them good gifts. It only makes sense through the eyes of a father. A good father is generous. A good father is forgiving. A good father is protective. I'm not the strongest or most brave man I know. And, you know, when I was living alone or when I was single, you know, certain noises would freak me out. But it's amazing how it changes when you have kids. At least it did for me that all of a sudden there's a greater uh, urgency to protect than flee. You, you rather fight than flee once you bring children into this world, once you have people that you love. Why? Because a father's heart, a good father's heart, is to protect. It's interesting that Jesus here, he uses the analogy of a father. He's talking about this important passage. You need to know today that God is our father. He's a good father. He's generous. He's forgiving. He's protective. I don't know about you, but maybe you don't see religion and church through a father's lens. Maybe you've had a different upbringing with religion and church. Maybe you, you see church, the only thing you know about church is these street preachers you would see in cities with the sandwich boards that say amazing things like turn or burn or judgment day is coming and they're half crazy and they're, they're obnoxious and they're just screaming at people and you're thinking, listen, that's what I think of when I think of religion. I think of judgmental people screaming at me about my mistakes. I don't need someone to tell me what I've done wrong. I know what I've done wrong. But when I think of religion and church, I think of people screaming at me in judgment. And I think of people standing on the streets preaching that to me. Maybe that's not your experience. Maybe you grew up in church and it was a place you went on Sundays a few times a year. And you just associate religion and faith and church with quietness and stained glass and tradition and quiet 
uh, traditions and you're not supposed to make a noise and you, it wasn't really made sense and maybe it was boring and confusion and maybe that's your experience with religion. Me personally, I, my experience with church was very different than that. See, my mom and dad uh, got married and my mom's from Newfoundland and she moved up here when she was a teenager and in her 20s they got married. And how many know your story doesn't start with you? It's, there's always something before your story, just like your life won't end with you. Your legacy is not in your lifetime, it's in your lifeline. And that's why what we do today makes a difference. When we give, when we serve, when we love, when we forgive, it speaks to the generations to come. I'm so thankful for a legacy that is in a lifeline, not a lifetime. My parents are a part of my story, and they, my mom grew up in a church. She went to church once or twice a year. My dad never went to church, and they got married, and their lives were going. My dad was an entrepreneur and started a business in Spryfield, a place in our city, and my mom worked for a doctor's office, and some of you have heard my story. My dad became a functioning alcoholic. He would work all day but drink all night. And he was never physically abusive, but uh, emotionally, verbally, he was not in a good place. And that caused my mother to go into depression and suicidal. And at the lowest point, at me being five months, four months of age and my sister five, she almost killed me and my sister um, and herself to rid herself of the pain and the darkness she was under. They were in a bad place. But a neighbor invited them to church, and my mom and me and my sister went to church, and they had an encounter with God the Father. They had an encounter with Jesus and people that love God and love Jesus and believe this word of God, and it changed everything. That was my experience. You need to know today that no matter what your background is, you need to know that God is a father. He's a good father, and that is everything you need to know from this passage the second thing Jesus wants to bring out in this passage, talking about the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit, is it's a gift. He's a father, and he gives gifts. Jesus paints this picture of a father and the different kinds of gifts they could give. He says, listen, you, you're sinful fathers, which means you're not perfect, and you're working through this, and you would never give something harmful to your kids. He paints this picture that doesn't really track with us in 2020, but he says, instead of giving bread, if you were a bad father, you know, you'd give snakes. You don't do that. He says, you give eggs. You don't give scorpions. I guess a normal way to say that today would be, you give something that is helpful, not hurtful. You give something wanted, not something that should be avoided. If you're a good father, how much more is our heavenly father giving something that is good? Jesus calls the Holy Spirit a good gift, a good gift. Jesus came and died for us, raised from the dead and left us, but he didn't leave us alone. He left his spirit to stay and help us. Here's what you need to know today is that Jesus is still doing miracles and amazing things. You need to understand that today. This is not a history book telling about amazing things that happened years ago. God is still on the move in our city. God is still on the move in our families. God is still on the move in our communities, in our school. God is still on the move. He is still doing miracles. We believe God still heals. We believe God still forgives. God, we still believe God can take a life that is full of regret and remorse and pain, and God can transform a life and save it. God can make sense of your past, make use of your present, and launch you into your future. We still believe God does that. And we believe God wants to use us to do that. See, for me, the, the idea that God was real is one thing. But the idea that he wants to actually live inside of me 
That sounds crazy. So whenever you talk about the Holy Spirit around church folk, it automatically draws a line in the sand. See, non-church people have no problem with that. They're like, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But around church folk, once you say the Holy Spirit, people are like, all right, okay, okay, all right. What's going on? Where are we going now? What's going on? The idea that God is real and loves me, I can wrap my head around that. But when I start reading Jesus saying he wants to send his Holy Spirit to fill you, to possess you, to help you, that sounds crazy. See, the thing is, church people don't help this cause at all. Have you noticed that yet? I grew up in an amazing church, and they love Jesus. And, but some people just, how many know crazy people go to church? If you don't believe that, just look beside you. Right, exactly, yeah. Crazy people are everywhere, but i never forget this one service. Back when I was a kid, church services lasted four hours. How many remember those days? Some of you grew up in a Pentecostal church. You know what I'm talking about? You needed a snack and a rest just to get through it, right? And I remember being eight or nine in church service one night, Sunday night service. It was going on for a while. And uh, it was in overtime. It was in double overtime. It was in triple overtime. And there was Modesty Blankets and Jericho Marches. It was awesome. <laughs> and I remember I was bored in church. I was eight or nine. And this is not really spiritual, but I remember sitting in my, in my pew, in my seat, and I remember just being bored trying to entertain myself. We never had iPhones or iPads. And I remember I tried to get my leg to shake as fast as I could. I had my foot on the ball of my, I had my, my balance on the ball of my foot. And I was just, I'm like eight or nine. I'm just sitting there bored. And I'm like, I can almost get it going like, like reflex. And it was like almost, it was crazy. It was awesome. I was just entertaining myself. This is fascinating. And all of a sudden, after about 10 minutes of me just getting it perfect where I could just relax it and it was going, this lady behind me, this sweet old saint, leans forward, puts her hand on my shoulder, startles me. She goes, that's the Holy Spirit, son. <laughs> Freaked me out. But then I felt so much pressure to keep it going, I didn't want to let her down. I remember thinking, oh God, she thinks this is the Holy Spirit. I remember being nine going, you can't stop now. I spent the next hour keeping that thing going. She was, the more it shook, the more she prayed. The more she prayed, the more I shook. I just kept it going. I had a cramp going up my calf, into my thigh. I limped for a week. I walked home that night so sore and so tired. Sometimes we just have these experiences. Remember when I was 19, I was heading to the country of Lithuania to be a, a missionary. And we were gonna work with orphans during the day and help these local orphanages. And that night I was gonna teach English as a second language and I remember I was frustrated with life and I was in this church service and this guy and this preacher was preaching and I remember I was wrestling with this not if I was going to go out and do my own thing and drink and sleep around and smoke up and just do whatever the rebellious lifestyle but I was wrestling with am I just going to be a good kid or am I going to actually believe what this Bible says and try to see if God has a plan for my life and see amazing things happen. See, I was the good kid. I, I went to five proms growing up because every, every mom said, that's the boy to take the prom. And every girl knew I was a good guy and I was the good kid. But I was wrestling with like, am I just gonna be a good kid or am I actually gonna believe this? I was in a church service and I prayed a prayer and I said, God, if you're real, if this thing is real, I just don't want to just go to church and be good. I'm tired. I'm exhausted from the expectation to be good. 
I just, I just need you, to, if you're real, I need you to fill me. Something happened. The old lady wasn't behind me. My leg wasn't shaking. But I felt this weight come off of me. This weight of pressure to be the good kid. This weight of expectation that I put my, on myself and others had put on me to live a certain way. I felt that pressure come off of me and I felt this peace and joy fill my life. It was a gift that day. A gift of joy and power and peace and prayer languages. It was a, it was a miracle thing in my life. I was overwhelmed with peace and this lightness. And these disappointments and anger washed off of me. Here's the third thing Jesus is saying in Luke chapter 11. He's saying, not only is God the Father a good God, not only is it a gift, but this of power and possibility and this wonderful thing is available for those who ask for it. I think it's interesting that he says that. Ask for it. Let me ask you today, as we get ready to close in a minute, does it seem like something's missing in your faith? Like, you're good people. You show up to church. You're, you, you tuned in online. It's NFL Sunday, and you're here, or you're watching online, or you're mostly watching online. You're good people. I'm a good person most of the time. But sometimes it feels like we're trying to do this ourselves. We're trying to be the best husband or wife or student or kid or young adult. We're trying to do And sometimes it feels like it's like you're driving a car without an engine. It's like you're, it's like you're trying to get the jet off the runway, but you got no fuel. And sometimes in my life, it feels like I'm going through the motions. I'm in the right place, doing the right thing, but there's just no umph. Maybe it's been a tough few years for you in your faith. Just been struggling, trying to just live right. Maybe it's been a tough season. These last seven months, eight months, have stirred some things up in you. You didn't know were there that you don't like. Things that came to the surface, you thought, I didn't know I dealt with this, or I thought these things were dead in my life. Maybe you're going through that today. What's interesting is, here's the good news. We're not alone. Jesus was talking to his disciples, which tells me a lot of things in this passage. These weren't, Strangers. These were, it wasn't a crowd. These weren't people far from God. These were disciples, which tells me a couple things. Number one, these people wanted a fresh start from religion. That's us today. If you tuned in today, you didn't tune in for religion. You didn't register and put sanitizer on and wear a mask and socially distance just to do religion. I hope you didn't. You want something more. Secondly, they're already following Jesus. They're disciples. We're already following Jesus. But it was for them, and he's for us. But it also means that following Jesus isn't enough. And so many are trying to do this faith thing on our own. Do you remember when you were filled with the Holy Spirit? Maybe you've never been. Maybe it's been a long time. I believe that God wants to fill us. It's like filling a car. You don't fill your car once and you're good. I believe I need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. So here's today, real simple. We're going to sing a song before we go. We're going to simply do this. Say, God, if you're real, would you just fill us with power today and help us? I do know this, that I believe a weight's going to come off of us. Some of you are just tired. I believe God's power wants to fill you. Some of you, it's pressure, so much pressure. God's power wants to help you. Some of you just need that fresh feeling. I know I do as your pastor. I know you do. So we're simply going to say, God, would you fill us? And then we're going to leave here 
and we're going to help us. He's going to help me be a better husband, better father, better pastor, better follower. I believe the power, I don't need to do it on my own. I believe God's going to fill me. It's a good gift because he's a good father. And I'm going to ask today. Are you with me today? We're just going to worship God and believe God can fill us. Can we all stand to our feet today? We're going to sing this song. I'm going to pray this prayer. If you're saying, if you want to pray this prayer with me and just ask God to fill us afresh today, because I do know this, the assignment on your life, sir, on your life, ma'am, on your life, needs more than willpower or positive thinking or some quotable tweet off Instagram or Twitter. We need some power to do what this Bible says, to reach the people God's called us to reach and to make a difference. And it says it's available because he's a good father. It's a good gift, and we're going to ask. Father, we thank you today that you're a good God. We thank you, God, that you have more than enough. I thank you for those that are here and that they're following. But God, we ask for more than just following. We ask for empowerment today. Would you help us? Would you, those habits that we can't break, would you help us? Those opportunities we're supposed to take, would you help us? The levels that we need to get to, those those ladders of jumping over obstacles and limitations, would you be the ladder right now and raise us up to another level? Would you just promote us and help us and fill us, God? We know you're real. We know you're invested. We know you're good. Would you give us this good gift? In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Can we sing together? As God even fills us now, prepares us for the week ahead. In Jesus' name.